welcome everybody to Authors on the Air. My guest today is author Kim Hayes. She is coming to me from Bern, Switzerland. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Pam. I'm very glad to be talking to you. I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, I know that you've just released in April your second book. Um, the first one was last year, and then you're going to tell us about the next one that's coming out. But let's talk about book number one, Pesticide First. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay. Uh, it is, um, as, as its title perhaps doesn't tell, but hints, it's about organic farming. Um, and, but it's also the first book that features my two detectives, who are police detectives. Their books I write are police procedurals. And the two characters um, are Juliana and Renzo. No point in getting into their last names. And they uh, are a woman detective in her 40s and a younger man in his mid-30s um, who work together starting in that book and immediately find how well they work together and also, although they're both married with kids, start to get attracted to each other. So that is kind of a story that runs through, so far, all the books in the series. Uh, in this particular book, there are two murders at the beginning. Uh, one is a man, young man killed in a riot. And the second one is an elderly organic farmer who is killed on his farm and sprayed with pesticide. And at first there's no connection between, they're both, they're assigned each to one of these murders, but eventually the two come together. And then their job becomes trying to figure out, these two men knew each other, but why did anyone want to kill either one of them? So that's the beginning. <laughs> I love that. Now, the second book is called Sons and Brothers. This one just released in April. Um, are the stories connected or only connected because of the detectives? They're not a continuation of the first story. No. Each okay. book stands on its own, or I hope it does. It should. And the only real connecting story is, um, is the relationship between the detectives and the whole police. The police, there are other police that you get to know. Sure. So the police itself the in the all the information there that holds the books together so tell us a little bit about sons and brothers then um there and one of the things but let me preface by saying that one of the things i try to do in my books besides number one which is make them exciting for readers and enter, very entertaining is i try to find something to say in the books that's interesting for American readers, since that's my main readership, that's interesting uh, about Switzerland, because I think there are a lot of things about Switzerland. People think about, you know, what people think about chocolate, watches, uh, and, and banks, and those things are important here, but there's a lot going on. It's like any country and any society, and lots of the problems are our current problems. So the whole issue of how important is organic farming in a society? How much should we use pesticide? Should we consume pesticide? And in the first book, um, police brutality, that's a theme that also is a problem in Switzerland. So in the second book, um, one of the subjects I wanted to address 
as a sort of background was the fact that there is a Swiss aristocracy that have no, these are people that have no titles, but basically ran the country, have run the country since the 1200s. Um, so I have one of these aristocrats, they have no titles, but everybody in Bern knows who they are. These are people who run the city of Bern now in the background. I have one of him get murdered, one of these aristocrats get murdered. He's thrown, he's punched and thrown into the river that surrounds Bern, the Aare. And uh, it's clear that it's not an accident, but it's, it's hard to imagine why anyone would want to kill this um, over 70s, uh, very important cardiological, uh, cardiac surgeon. So already, big question, Julian and Renzo get on to it, my two detectives, and, um, you know, the, the suspects, start, I can say more, but I don't want to give too much away. But one of the topics there that I think is interesting um, is also the problem of what was done in Switzerland to children who were taken away from their parents. Um, I know that this happened in many countries. You know, we have books about the orphan trains and this kind of thing. But one problem with this subject in Switzerland was that uh, the children were not orphans. They were often just people starting in the 1800s, uh, social services or officials that just decided to take kids away from parents that they didn't think were fit and put them to work on farms. Um, yeah. Well, you know, um, of course, everyone says well, Switzerland's neutral, but and I want to first of all say Switzerland is a gorgeous country. I've been there, so I, mm -hmm. I want to. I just want to verify for for people who have not been there. It is a spectacularly beautiful country. The folks are lovely, but it's a country like any any other country. So when we say I'm going to be Switzerland, meaning I'm going to be neutral, it really it. It really isn't. It has its own set of problems. You're trying to say absolutely. I there. It is not neutral anyway. As anybody who wants to look at the Ukrainian war and how little we've been able to contribute, uh, as anyone knows, but it also has lots of political problems and and social, you know, all kinds of social problems. And and this this business with the orphans, by the way, this continued into the 1970s. I mean, imagine people were taking children from unfit, often single mothers, um, who who had no nothing. There was nothing they could do. They often never saw their children again. And of course, we're also not just thinking of the parents. Many terrible things happened to these children when they were I'm sure. Young. So this is all. You have a couple different storylines going through your book, then. Yes, I guess I'm. I'm trying to keep. I guess I'm not keeping it simple, am I? <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I'm glad because um, there often are a lot of background stories that don't seem like they're related and somehow become related. And so I think it's important that you have a couple different threads running throughout the book, and it keeps readers guessing, don't you think? Yes, and I also think there's no reason we can't, even we mystery writers can tell people interesting things. Of course, we hope they find them interesting. Sure. Can't be sure that they will. But um, these, this is why I've, I try, actually, before I write a book, when I need to think about what's next, one of the things I do 
to come up with a plot is actually think about what issue do I know about that sounds like it's somewhat controversial that I could research as something central in my book. And then I let the plot grow for the, the murder, and there always is a murder, or at least a suspicious death, grow out of what it is that I think kind of makes an interesting background. So I do want people to have fun, but if they if they learn something about Switzerland, and of course I I uh, I put in descriptions of the landscape, and as you say, um, it is beautiful. a very beautiful country, and the cities are beautiful too. Yes, they the are. city of Bern is midi, as you saw Lucerne. I think Bern is also medieval with cobblestone streets and its magnificent. <laughs> Gothic buildings. <laughs> I will say it's a very clean country. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with it. It is a very historical looking place. And so, and I appreciated it very much. I enjoyed my time there. Um, before we go on and talk about book number three, can you please tell me where your interest in writing came from? I think my interest in writing, like so many people's, came from reading. I was just a ferocious reader as a child. And I think the, the reason for that is that my mother was a, a children's librarian when I was a child and became a college librarian about when I went to college, wow. in part to earn more money to put me through college, she and my father. But but um, I college, as you may know, college libraries pay a little more than elementary school libraries. Sure. But, but I read and read and read. And it, it's true that at some point it seemed very I don't, I won't say I studied for it. I didn't get a degree in journalism, but the idea that I would like to write a book grew out of liking to read. And what did, was your, was your college degree for, Kim? Are you going to laugh? My college, my college, my undergraduate degree was in the history and literature of England. This is not a degree that leads to many jobs. Right? <laughs> it didn't matter so much then. The jobs weren't as hard to find. And my, my PhD is in sociology. And that actually is very interesting. Um, it it it's, makes you think about how society works than how people work. So I think it helps a writer to know something about, well, English literature too, I, I guess. Yes, it does. If you're just joining me, my guest today is Kim Hayes. We're discussing her first two books. One of them is Pesticide. The second one is Sons and Brothers. We will learn shortly about book number three. Um, where did your story ideas come from when you finally decided to sit down and write? Well, first, I, I, I think I should add to this wanting to write business that although I wrote articles, I wrote uh I wrote PhD thesis. I wrote things um, starting even in, in my college days, besides college papers, I mean. Um, I didn't actually decide to write a novel until my son went to college. I, I felt like it wasn't that he was so difficult. I only had one kid, but I was working part-time. I was raising my son. But when he went off to college, I thought to myself, it's now or never. I mean, you have you have no excuse. And I even talked to my talked to my husband. He said, "Don't worry, don't worry about earning money for now. Just if you want to do this, just do this." And that, of course, is a great thing for someone who that's wants to write. Support, that's a good support system yeah. for sure. Yes, for sure, that's a good support system. So wow. Then you ask, how do I get ideas? Well, you know, 
I do think that they grow, as I said, I think to some extent they really do grow out of that I start the research first, that I pick a, a profession I find interesting. I mean, we, you spend, a person spends a lot of time writing a book, including researching it. So if you want, you know, you don't want to get bored. So you want to be sure this is something that's going to be fun to write. And, uh, and then something often comes to me. So I really had already, with pesticide, I already interviewed organic farmers for an article, a magazine article. And I thought, that is organic farming. You know, that would make a great topic. There's, there's so much controversy about whether all farms should be organic. And that led me to start thinking about a plot. You know, what, what can, why would someone kill someone about organic farming? And the first thing I thought of, of course, was marijuana, which is still illegal in Switzerland and certainly was when I came out, wrote that book. And, and why not grow organic marijuana? <laughs> and what would that mean? But then, um, so that was, that helped me. And with, and the same thing with Sons and Brothers, I really was um, very interested in these contract children. And I had seen an exhibition about it in a museum. And I thought I would like to find a way to, to write a story that involves this. So, and then, you know, what's very easy for someone who writes a series is you already have your main characters. Sure. I mean, standalones are harder because you, I mean, I still have to come up with new characters and hopefully interesting ones for every book, but I've got my basic people. Yes. So, and I'm very, and I love them. You know, they're my friends. <laughs> of course they are. So let's go ahead and move on. And you said you just wrapped on your third one and you've sent it off to editing. Is that right? Um, may, may we know the title? Absolutely. It's called A Fondness for Truth. I like that. That description actually of the person who gets killed. She is a very straightforward, blunt speaking, um, very honest and expects everybody else to, to be honest kind of person. And she is killed at the beginning of the book. And so my Juliana and Renzo, my detectives, at first it she's killed in a hit and run. It looks like it's an accident at first, but more and more evidence comes out um, that it isn't. And they start to investigate her death. Sounds fascinating. I'm so excited. I'm going to read all three. I'll read the two from, I'll read them on my Kindle, but I will be reading the no, third I, one. I, sympathize. I, I have Kindles. I read on Kindle too, because I order the books from the States. Well, I, I like, I like paper books, but I have over 5,000 signed books in my apartment and I can't handle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I have five Kindles and I have my five Kindles are by genre. So whatever I'm reading in, uh, because I'm a voracious reader, like you were telling me you were. So uh, it was real, it's real important for me to be able to grab my, my tablet on the run and have a book with me wherever I go. Um, Kim, what do you like to do in your, in your time off when you're not writing? I love to travel and I live in the middle of Western Europe and my husband is retired and he loves to travel. So talk about a Kindle. If you're going to be traveling a lot, you want, and you go off for two or three weeks, you don't want to take a stack of books. I mean, we both read on vacation. Uh, we don't consider this rude. I mean, vacation is a time to read as well as travel. Yes, so it is. Um, we need our Kindles because then we can take 
20 books if we want to. That's true. We need 20 books, but you never know. There you go. You mentioned you have a son. Is he, um, does he have any of your creativity? You know, it's interesting you ask. I, my son is, is a um, mathematical physicist. And he, well, he will be when he finishes his PhD. He's 30. And he, I think, is very creative in his own way. As a theoretical physicist, you know, you don't get to do anything in a lab. You, you just sit and think about things. It's totally, my husband is a mathematician. I mean, not with a PhD, but he's in computers. And he, he doesn't understand what our son is doing. So we just think, well, he's happy. And he is happy. He really is. And he loves to go to art museums. So he isn't your typical physicist or mathematician in that. Well, I don't know what's typical about a physicist anyway. And I couldn't, I, you know, to me, that's the, the elite of the brainiac. So good for him. I know. <laughs> so in your, in your spare time, you like to travel and you like to read. Do you have any other hobbies? Well, I guess. You know, it's not there. I don't even consider them really hobbies. But as I've gotten older, I've tried to do more regular exercise things. But that just sounds so boring. It's, I mean, who cares? But <coughs> excuse me. Unless, do, unless you're falling in love with exercise or, no. you know, <laughs> I don't consider that a hobby. That's a necessity. <laughs> exactly. So I don't really think of that. And the other, I guess our other hobby, but this is part of travel is we really like to go to art museums, which we've passed on to our son to our amazement because we used to drag him to art museums as a little little guy with his Mr. Mrs. Batman in one hand and his Mr. Freeze in the other. And he would sit on the floor in the art in whatever room we were looking at paintings in and make them fight. And the guards would, I mean, he'd sit there, but you know, he'd be playing with his dolls what boys dolls boys have dolls too as we know yeah, just just figures right dolls. but anyway we really like to look at paintings i mean other ones but we go lovely, lovely. to a lot of museums so lovely. and going to contemporary shows sometimes that afterwards just leave us shaking our heads but we still <laughs> want to know you know well, we you need to, to it's nice to compare and to see all the different things i, I agree with you um, Kim, where can we find you on the web? Uh, are do you have a website? Are you in social media? I do have. I have. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. But the thing I write the most for is is my is my blog, and I have a website. And shall I recite it to you? Please or? do absolutely. Well, it's of course www.kimhaysburn. So Hayes without an E and then B-E-R-N, just as if one word, kimhaysburn.com. Lovely. So Thank you so much for spending this time with me. It I, it's a pleasure. I, I love the fact that you're in a country that I love and you love it too. And I'm I'm so impressed with your son <laughs> and his, so his big brain. Um, congratulations. And I hope you come back to visit with me when the next book releases. Thank you so much. I would love that. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, mom and dad.